Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I was speaking this morning in our Ilkeston campus and it was a joy to have a few hundred people from the community who were there. And uh, if you was there this morning, please don't be thinking, am I going to get the same message? You're not. I've actually got a different message and then I've got another message in two weeks' time. So you can see it's been a busy time in terms of Christmas because what we try and do is, is not that we haven't got anything fresh, but we try and just regurgitate. If something is worth uh, speaking, it's worth repeating, yes? But in this instance, I've decided to just run down the track of just having two or three different messages. And uh, not knowing who was going to be here, because of course, 11 weeks in, you never know who you've got coming out. I mean, when we started here, there was half of the number, and now we've really filled up. And if you have been in church for a long time, it's hopefully there's something of the message will really speak to you. But equally, if you've not, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, or you're trying to make sense of your life, then my prayer is that this will really help you too. Because what I want to talk about this evening is, what if you follow a star and find a stable? What if you follow a star and find a stable? I want to read from Matthew in chapter 2 and it'll be on the screen. You can just follow it from there. And then we're just going to make two or three comments around this passage. It reads that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea and it was during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem and they were asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star as it rose and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as as was everyone in Jerusalem. And he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be? Note his language. They were talking about a king. He's talking about a Messiah. There's a clue there. He is a Messiah. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. If you're still looking for him, you found him. You found him tonight. And they said in Bethlehem in Judea, they asked, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you... O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview... The wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest, which gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, They returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Now tonight I'm going to use a phrase, wise men, but this is not to the exclusion of women. So you women out there, please do not think I'm being sexist because I ain't, okay? That's a real Nottinghamshire, I ain't, all right? Um, When I say wise men, I'm meaning both men and women. 
What's interesting is these wise men wrongly assumed that the king would be born into the grandeur of a palace because they went to the place where they thought a king would be born. They went to Herod's palace in Jerusalem, in the city. And they went to that place because they thought, surely, they assumed wrongly. And once somebody once taught me in business, never say the word assume. If you assume, you normally make an ass out of you and me. Yes? So I'm always careful with an assumption. But they wrongly assumed that this king would be born into the palace of luxury, of ease, of comfort. Of course, the, the palace of safety and security. The kingdom where a, where a baby, the, the, the saviour, the Messiah would be born. And so, as I said, they visited the city of Jerusalem and they sought out the king. But he wasn't there because he was born in a barn. Now this morning, I had a very clever man come to me because I was making the same reference about it. And he came, he actually wasn't born in a barn, he was born in a cave. And I could take you to it. I said, really? I'm not quite sure there was a sign that it was ever established. And Paul's recently been in, 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 in Israel. They say this is where he was born, but who knows? So please don't get all technical with me, whether it was a cave or whether it was a barn, it was full of stinking animals and it wasn't a palace. Have we all got it? Give me a wave if you've got it. You've got the point, okay? I just want to establish that point. And so they went to a palace, but he was born in a barn. I wonder if you've ever started believing something and expecting and hoping to find joy and comfort and happiness and you've been searching it for your star you you associate what that star looks like but in replace in place of that all you found was a barnyard moment because this is where these guys were at they were searching for a star but they found a barn and that's what I want to speak into tonight is the barnyard moments of life. Because <laughs> we all have them. You know, we can start a new business. And we, we, we start this business and we're hoping that this business is going to go great. We, we, we're full of joy, Tim. We're full of hope. You spoke into that. Full of expectation of what it's going to accomplish. Only for it to close in 24 months time. That marriage... That, that, that devotion, that love that we had one with another only to be divorced years later. That career that you worked so hard at university for and you climbed the ladder only for that company that you gave your heart and soul to to make you redundant. What about those kids that you poured love and affection, gave them everything that you possibly could and took them to church and taught them the ways of God only for them to walk away. He was looking for a star, but you're now in the barnyard moments. Have you got it? Have you got my point? You see, why these wise men were searching for a star, but instead they found a stable. And the thing is, we live in this real life. We don't live in this bubble. Life is, consists of some real challenges. I love the opening statement of, there's a book called The Road Less Travelled. 
And the beginning few words says this, life is difficult. It's true. There are barnyard moments that we can have. But what I was intrigued, why I was looking at this, guys, is I just wanted to see what they did in this moment when they were looking for there and they've got something completely different. And this has application for every single Christian here, but it also has an application for those who have no faith. And the last point, I want you to really lean in if you have no faith. I want you to really lean in in that moment because I really believe that God's going to speak to some people. I believe he's already speaking to people, but I believe he's going to speak to some people. And it has the potential to change the direction of your life. So these three wise men, what did they do? Well, number one, when wise men find a stable, they look for God. They look for God. Wise men, when handling a difficult, not expected situation, listen, they don't panic. How many times has my wife said to me in a moment, I'm not a panicker, but I can get pretty steamed up. And if you say, well, that's panicking, well, okay, I'd uh, to differ with you, but I, I can get a little bit steamed up. And she'll sometimes say to me, just chill. We have all those, all those things, don't we? What is it? Keep calm and have a cup of tea or keep calm and put your feet, or whatever it is. It's just that whole essence of just stay calm. These wise men, they went to a place where they thought he would be. He wasn't there. They then go to a, find a, a, a stable and they did not panic in that moment. They stayed calm. Wise men, when finding a stable, they look for God because they say this, God is somewhere in this stable. God is somewhere in this stable. If you are in a difficult situation at this moment, I want to tell you, God is somewhere in that difficult situation. Can I just get somebody who'd say, yeah, agree with me. It's true. God is somewhere in that situation. The Bible promises, listen to me, the Bible absolute, with absolute assurance. And if I can just, I don't want to digress too much from my notes because we could go out wherever. I have had some difficult situations. I've had some difficult things that have come to me. But I want to tell you, my Bible tells me that God says he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. Therefore, he is in the barnyard moment. I've just got to try and find him make sense of where he is but he's there guys and if you're in a moment of crisis and pain and despair I want to tell you we are we are here for you we want to wrap our arms around you we want to uphold you but God is doing that even more so wise men look for God I wonder what your present day stable is what can you learn? Here's a bit of Christmas for you. I, I, I said one of my favourite Christmas movies is The Polar Express. Uh, anybody ever seen The Polar Express? I love The Polar Express. My family don't get it actually. They go, really, can we watch Elf or can we watch something that's going to make us laugh? I say, no, I want to watch The Polar Express. And for those who have watched it, it's quite interesting because at the end after they'd been on their trip, Tom Hanks the train conductor takes his ticket machine out and it's remarkable animation. Because all these kids needed to learn something. One needed to learn leadership. One needed to learn humility. But there was one that needed to learn trust. 
What do these wise men need, need to learn when they're in this situation? I wonder what your present day barnyard situation is. What are you needing to learn? You see, weak Christians see only God in the God. When good things come along, then God's there. And the weak and immature Christians say, well, it must be from God since everything good is happening. And equally they say, when everything is bad, they automatically say, this is the devil. I want to tell you, that is not how it works. I'm sorry, that is not how it works. You see, strong Christians see God in both the good and the bad. The mature believer sees God in the pleasure and the palace, but also in the barnyards and the stables of life. Are you understanding me here tonight? I remember a particular barnyard situation that Caroline and I were in, and she doesn't know I'm going to talk about this. But I remember it was Christmas of 1996. Some of you weren't even born then, and I feel really old when I say it. But Caroline and I had been married for uh, five years, and we were believing for a baby. More than that, we were trying for a baby, but nothing was happening. To the point where we thought, there must be something not quite right. So both of us were having tests and those tests were being, we were awaiting them to find out if there was some problem. I want to say to us in that moment, our friends, good friends, we're all having babies. And one side of us, we were delighted. Another side, we're incredibly sad because it wasn't happening for us. And in our barnyard, we sought the Lord. And he gave us a promise. And in that promise, I actually went and said to Caroline, I'm going off for an hour. And she said, where are you going? I said, I just need to go and do something. And if you remember, I went up to the Disney store and I bought a Winnie the Pooh. And I said, this is for our child that the Lord is going to give to us next year. I want to tell you, our promise was born on the 27th of, 22nd of September, 1997. Nine, ten months after our barnyard moment. Are you clapping me? Yeah, I did, I, I, did, I did it all, guys. I did it all. I did, yeah, I did it all. No, I'm joking. See, wise man, wise men, when you find, you're looking for a star and you find the barn, they look for God. Number two, when wise men find a stable, they offer their very best to God. They could have easily have said, what? He's not there and we've got to go to this house and it's not a fancy house and we're kings. And What are they going to do with this gold, frankincense and myrrh? And... No. When wise men find a stable... Whatever they're in, they offer their very best to God. My Bible tells me that we should work as unto the Lord in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. Whether you have a cruel and wicked boss or whether you have a good boss, we're to give our very best. And these guys gave their best. When they left the palace and found Jesus, they gave their best. The nat natural inclination for many of us, let's be honest now, is that we hold back. I'm not going to do, he asks you to do something, that boss, that, oh, no chance, I'm not, no. You say, yeah, 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 and then you think, no, I'll just off, off do. I once knew a tradesman, and he, his, his phrase was this, it'll do for this house. 
never gave of his best. Could have been tempted to give nothing, I suppose. How about a marriage where you feel like it's not working as it should work? A relationship, no, it's not a time to draw back. It's a time to offer our very best. You see, great men don't hold back. Great men don't hold back. I, I, I found myself in many contexts where I've been very disappointed by people I've been working for and in contexts, and it could easily have made, took me to a point where I'll just be like everybody else. But in that moment, I've thought, no, 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 no. This is not a time for me to hold back. This is a time for me to give of my very best to God. Am I giving my best in the barnyard that I'm in? There's the challenge to us all. (laughs) Churchill, Winston Churchill said this, the world is being run by tired men. Oh my goodness. I want to tell you, Arena Church is not being run by tired men and women. Arena Church is run by men and women who want to give our very best to God. We give our best even when things don't look promising. And thirdly, when wise men find a stable, and I want you to lean into this, when wise men find a stable, they change their direction. I wonder if you've ever had a stable experience that changed your life. I love talking to people. As you can tell, being on here, I really do. I love, I love the, the older I've got, the more I like to listen as well. Because I used to think it's all about talking, but it's actually you get a lot more if you listen. I love listening to people. I love listening to people's stories. Every single one of you here has got a story, a story to tell. It's a valuable story. It's a credible story. It's your story. It really is. And what I do when I listen to people now, I, I, I listen for moments in their life that have changed the direction of their life. And recently I've been talking to people who are on a journey to trying to figure out their life. Young guys in their 20s, just figuring out what their life is really all about, what it consists of. They're pursuing a dream, yes, but they even in the pursuit of that dream, they know that that is not in itself going to satisfy their longing and their heart's desires. I'm not speaking to anybody. And they're trying to figure out their lives. I was thinking about my life <laughs> and some barnyard moments that I've had. And if you'll forgive me just for sharing these two examples that I have, because I wouldn't want to share anybody else's story. But as an 18-year-old, which again seems a long time ago now, Phil, I'm getting more and more an understanding of what you said. It feels a long time ago because when I say 18, it's like, I know it will do for you, but it's getting there for me as well. 30 years, which because I'm 48. And as an 18-year-old, I had a promising bank career. Okay, I, 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 I leaned into the bank and I was being fast-tracked for for different things that there was there. And I really enjoyed working in the bank. It wasn't a a chore, a drudgery. I loved it. I loved everything about finance and banking and business. I loved it. But I had a moment when all I can say is God spoke to me. It wasn't with an audible voice, but it was deep in my heart that I needed to, to give up my job and I needed to earn no money I needed to pay to go to, on, a, on a missions team for 12 months and I needed to leave my fiancé and just 
go. It was a barnyard moment because over that 12 months period, I had to really lean into God. There were times when I felt alone. I felt lonely. We weren't modicoddled on that course. We weren't stroked. It was very much like we were thrown into a swimming pool and it was, well, sink or swim and get on with it. And there were some people who bombed out. They couldn't handle it. We were, we, I, I've told the stories. We were in buildings like this, not like this, done up nice and warm, but we're in buildings with no running water. And, and I looked up one night, the first night I was there, and I looked up and I could see the stars in the sky because the, there, was, there was holes in the roof. And I remember saying to the guy who was leading this course, can we have a Caligas heater, just some eating? He went, no. And that was it. So we just had to rough it out in this cold winter sort of time. It was, it was terrible in many ways. It was a barnyard moment. But I want to say in that moment, my life changed. As I leaned into God and as I searched for God in this barnyard, I took hold of God and He changed my direction. Because what I thought was going to be was a 12-month course ended up being a lifetime of ministry for Jesus. I thought I was going to go back to the, to the bank. It wasn't the case. 12 months in, it was, no, you definitely can't go back. Here's another example of a barnyard mo- moment because then things moved on for us and I would probably be about 28 then and we just had our baby girl, Annie, and we'd got zero money because I was still working for the church <laughs> under the guy who said, no, you can't have a Caligas. I mean, you thought I'd learn. It was all God knocking the, the edges off me. Listen, if you're in a difficult stretch, like what I said, you've got to look for God. What is God wanting to teach me in this? I thank God for the man that I served. But we had zero money. We had a baby girl. I had a wife who didn't, not didn't want to go back to work, but we didn't want to, I didn't want to go back to work. She wanted to look after the girl that, that, that we'd given her. So I made a decision. And that barnyard moment for us was, okay, well, we're just going to launch out into a business. We had very little. We took a little bit of borrowing. I worked with another man. And we started the launch of this business while still doing ministry. It was a tough time in many ways. It was a hard time. And it was a very um, testing time, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because of the pressures that that brought of trying to be involved in church leadership with people and at the same time traveling many, many miles. I mean, I used to talk about probably traveling 400 miles a week just to get there and back. And it was, it was a tough time. It was a barnyard moment. But out of that barn, barnyard moment so enabled us to move to Wilkeston nearly 20 years ago. And as a result of that move, if I can say the rest is history for us and for the church. You see, wise men, when they find a stable, they change the direction. These wise men were encouraged to go back to Herod. But God had already spoken to them saying, don't go back to Herod, go back by a different way. You know, can I ask you? Because I'm finished, nearly done. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing on this earth? What, 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 what is life all about? It's got to be more than just this. It's got to be more than just what we see. 
And I want to tell you, it is. It is more than what we see. You know, see, God came to earth as a baby to bridge a gap, a void that we had created. And it's our wrongdoing and our sin that created that issue. And the only way that God could get back to man was by sending a perfect sacrifice who would take on himself the sins of the world, your sin and my sin, that would enable us to have a brand new start. And if those who lean into this new start and receive him as Lord and Saviour and Messiah, the promise is for however long we get on this earth, we will be blessed. We can expect and enjoy just blessing and contentment and fulfilment. Like I said, we'll have barnyard moments, but there's just a peace and a joy and a hope that we have in our hearts. But let me tell you, it's not just about this life. It's about a life to come. There is a life to come. And Jesus came not just to change this life, but to change the direction of our life forever. That we will spend, the Bible promises, that we will spend eternity with Him. That is the promise. That is the promise. And wise men, when they find a stable, they change the direction. And it may be that you're here tonight to try and answer the question for you as you lean in. It may be that you have been searching in so many different directions, looking at the palace, looking at the riches, looking at the grandeur, thinking that that's where you've got to get to. But it's been staring you in the face all along. The Messiah has been staring you all along in the face and it's found in a humble hall on the corner of Hockley where Jesus is. And Jesus is calling you. And if you will be wise, you will change your direction and you will follow him. I started that journey as an 11-year-old lad. I've never regretted it. I wonder if we'd bow our heads in prayer.